This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Ahoy there, Internet, and welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show that aims to help you better understand the things that make a good customer experience through interviews and poorly written plant jokes. I'm Ernie, and this here is Plantasia. That's right, buddy. You always know what to say. Have you ever seen someone wearing a t-shirt from your favorite band? Or maybe a, a sports jersey with your favorite player's name on the back of it? Or maybe you've seen it, but it's the opposite. It's your least favorite band, or your least favorite team or player. This either attracts or repels you, right? Now, this decision-making process, when looked at in a different way, is a form of lead qualification, only you're qualifying it for yourself, right? You're seeing it, you're getting a sense of whether or not that thing is for you. Well, the same is true with your content and your branding. And you know what? It's a good thing. When you can let folks know right away whether or not your business, your offering, service, product, or whatever is for them or not for them, you're beginning the lead qualification process without having to spend any of your time figuring out that they're not a good fit. That's the benefit of what today's guest calls the statement piece. She's brand and positioning coach Hillary Weiss. Now, let's get into the interview. All right, I am joined now by Hillary Weiss. Hillary is a creative director, messaging strategist, coach, speaker. Since 2011, Hillary has helped over a thousand brands to improve their messaging. She's also one half of the podcast, uh, Ham Yaw, right? It, yes. I, I think, it, though it might now only be on Instagram. Um, it is, yeah. And that's, that's an acronym and a hashtag, so feel free to use that. Um, it stands for Hillary and Margot Yell at Websites. Um, and I think we'll get into a little bit of that as we go. But Hillary, thank you so much for your time. Welcome to Growth Decoded. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here and we have so much to talk about today. I we do. can't wait. We do. I, I sent over a, a long list of questions for us to, to go through. So let's, let's just jump right into it. Um, let's go. You have created a content idea, gener- content idea generation tool. That's how you say that for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And it's called the statement piece framework. So is. what, what is a statement piece? Well, uh, I'm so glad you asked. So first of all, um, the statement piece, statement piece studio is the name of my business is what I branded around. Um, and it's based on, first of all, the idea that whenever you're wearing like a statement piece of clothing or jewelry, it is sort of a stake in the ground for you. It is something that you are wearing on your body, um, that tells people about you before you even have to say a word. It also does what the best brands do, which is attract and repel. Because if you're wearing like a super loud t-shirt or like a jumpsuit, like I am right now, um, Um, And somebody is out there in the world and they're like, this woman looks nuts. She looks like a clown walking around in that jumpsuit. I'm going to stay away. Uh, Not my people. Whereas somebody who sees what I'm wearing and loves it comes up to say, hello, we start a conversation. Um, That's, that's exactly who I should be attracting. And so I call uh, it's called statement piece studio because I build statement piece brands, which are brands that really do the talking for you before you have to explain or say another word. So a statement piece brand really is a brand at the intersection of 
a personal philosophy point of view, um, the strategy for your brand, your offers and positioning. And it really all works together to unite all aspects of the brand from the objective to the subjectives, the vibes you want to be putting out as well as the money you want to be making um, and builds it into the sort of core concept for the brand called a statement piece. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, that I call a statement piece or a big idea, I guess would be the synonym. Um, but the statement piece framework is where it really all started. So um, the reason for the framework is, <clears throat> excuse me, for many years in my business, I was a copywriter for 10 years before I do, started doing the positioning, coaching, and creative direction work I do now. Um, so I was writing copy and I was in that kind of zone that a lot of copywriters get into where you're writing everybody, everything for everything else, everyone else, hours and hours a day, and you really neglect writing for yourself. Um, and I knew I needed to be creating content. I knew I needed to be able to put myself out there. And uh, I wasn't doing it because every time I looked for a way to inspire myself to write a blog, it was always the same rules. Okay, who is your audience? What is your problem? How can you solve it? Which is all well and good, but it's also the reason why we have a million posts that are like six steps to optimize your sales page. And I didn't want to get into that. I had no interest. Like it was already crowded. A lot of smart people had already created that kind of content. Um, and so I actually kind of took an opposite track and I started focusing on writing about things that were important to me as a person, like the experience of being a creative in the online space, the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, sort of the, the nuance of marketing that I felt a lot of people were missing. Um, and so I also started to get a little bit more polarizing and really put my stake in the ground uh, in some debates in the online space. And I really started um, over time to build a name for myself that way. Uh, because I was creating this content, sharing this stuff that while it wasn't like traditionally highly strategic content, it was getting widely shared, widely recognized, widely appreciated, and it was making me really memorable. Um, so the reason why I started uh, to create the statement piece framework was because I wanted to sort of give people this other way to start seeing their content and thinking about how they want to show up. And I found that the, a lot of creative business owners were hitting the same crossroads. I was where we, they were looking to write a blog post, an article, an email, a post on social media, whatever it may be. And they got the same advice. Who is your audience? What is their blah, 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 blah. And right. it wasn't inspiring them. It wasn't exciting them. And I find that in the online space, a lot of our first instinct when we want to do something is to go and see how somebody else does it. Um, and go and take somebody else's framework and process and just walk ourselves through that. And it can be useful, but I find the best creative work happens when you train yourself to, to pause and really take notice of your own ideas and what you're thinking and what you react to and what you respond to and what's important to you, because that is the richest place for you to sort of create content. So I developed the statement piece framework. The brand was going to be statement piece studio. So the statement piece framework is really a process for learning to notice your ideas, learning to dig into what you get passionate about, excited about, and then creating from there, as opposed to kind of crossing things off a list as to like what strategic pillars you should probably have in your business if you're doing X, Y, Z. Um, and I find it opens up entirely new worlds to people. Um, and it's been going strong since about 2018 now. Um, and we've got some great stories. People have used it. And I know you want to ask me about the process in a second. So I will get to that. Um, but I have had people create like whole new arms of their businesses based on the framework, whole new offers. Like I have people tell me, you know, I use the framework to come up with this post and it's still my most visited after two, three years. 
And I'm like, man, this is the stuff right here, helping creatives really learn to take notice of and value their own ideas more is something that I love to do in my work overall and something I'm so proud of uh, offering people a first step for it with the framework. Yeah, that that is that's awesome. Um, I think that that like I've seen a lot more talk around kind of what you're saying, like incorporating more of your personality Mm -hmm. into the content and into your business messaging. Um, Obviously, knowing who your customer is and what the problem is and how you solve it is still very important. Uh, For sure. Um, in, in our show, we've kind of uncovered like that, you know, the whole know your customer and then also managing your customer's expectations or the two sort of golden rules of the customer experience. But I think there's even one that kind of like precludes those and it's know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. And so I think it's like impossible to know your customer until you know your yourself and what your business is, right? Like, because without that, then how are you supposed to know who your customer is? So is, is that sort of like, a big piece of it? Is it like the person, like marrying the personality and the marketing best practices? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you underlined that because that's absolutely, that's absolutely a part of it. And I think it's, it's essential because I think a lot of business owners, and this is sort of like, I don't know how long you've been in the space, but there was this piece of advice going on about about pages for a while, but it was like, your about page shouldn't be about you. It should be about your customer. And I was like, Oh no. All right. Hang on a second. Um, it should be about you through the lens of what is valuable to your customer. However, I think that a lot of the conventional wisdom and when people like for better or worse want to sound super smart in the space, they're always talking about it's never about you. It's about what the customer needs. And yes, to a point, however, your personality, the way you see things, your point of view, personal philosophy is a differentiator for you. It's the flavor, you know, and it's, it's the reason why the experience of you, how you approach things, how you think about things, how you see things, how you talk about things is what makes someone else who's sort of cruising the space and trying to figure out who to work with, choose you over the guy next to you. We choose people that we relate to. We choose people that we understand. We choose Mm. people that make us feel things and who resonate with us, make us laugh, make us cry, sometimes make us mad, just depending on what your vibe is. Um, And it is really um, so important to dig into that piece when it comes to branding, when it comes to building the business, because that's such a core part of your differentiator. And a lot of people forget that. I think about when you think about differentiation, think about offers, you think about market, but when it's you as the, both the face of the business and the product sort of steering the ship and being the personal brand and the voice, absolutely. You have to take some time to know yourself first. You have to understand what you care about, what you don't care about. And you need to be talking about that in public so that people who relate to you can find you because there's nothing more memorable than walking, wading through the sea of sameness on the internet and finding that one person who you're like, Oh my God, there they are. I absolutely relate to this every single word. Yes. And a lot of the time you don't get that by following the conventional, here's what to write about formulas. Yeah. And I think that's even highlighted by the fact that like today's consumer cares so much more about like what brands, like the values of the brand, how, how is the product made or what, why do you, why do you do it? Not just like, what do you do and how does it benefit me? But like, why do you do it? I think people care a lot more about that, especially in like the younger generations We're we're definitely seeing that. Yeah. Attribute that a lot to probably the rise of the internet and just like the, the sheer number of conversations and types of conversations that are happening that people are just kind of listening in on all the time. Um, I'm really glad you brought up core differentiators. And I think we'll get to that in a second. But I do want to know, could could you walk us through the statement piece framework? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's very simple. Um, And the I I tried like seven different versions of it. Like I tried to turn the traditional model like upside down because I was 
the challenge I was trying to solve for is to your point, I found a lot of business owners struggle starting with who is the target piece um, right. because it's like, Oh no, people are going to, cause it's like, people are going to see it people with eyes. And then it just sends them in this big, and not everybody has eyes, but you know, um, they send them in this big circle um, about always, it, it makes you afraid. It gives you stage fright basically. So I was right. like, okay, if we start from a different place, which is like, what do I care about? What's important to me? What am I excited to share? What changes? Um, and so, so what I spent some time reflecting on was where I get my best ideas. Um, when I feel most inspired, when I felt most inspired to sit down, write, create content, build something. Um, what made me want to like run to the notes app on my phone and like machine gun leave, you know, a, a draft of something for myself. Right. Uh, and I call them the three statement piece scenarios. Um, so, and I'll get into a little nuance on them in a second, but three statement piece scenarios um, are all conversations that you have. So conversations that you have with your clients, um, when you're sitting down with a client and each, each scenario I have has an anti and advocate category. So when you are talking to a client, what's something the client says that you're like, oh my God, I love you. I want to clone you. This is amazing. I'm so excited to work on this. Let's get into it. Ah, like, can I have a million more of you? And then similarly in conversation with clients, what's like a, a quip they give you or something that they say or something like a, an idea that they have or, or want to try that you're like, oh my God, if nobody says that to me ever again, it will be too soon. This is wrong. I'm so tired of seeing this. Ugh. And so those, that's the first category. So conversations with clients, what gets you really excited when you're in those conversations, what kind of gets you babbling and also what gets you on your little high horse about, um, that aspect or piece of advice that's floating around or these ideas that you're like, you know what, this is the trend du jour. However, I have a counterpoint. Um, and then the, that's the first scenario, uh, client and customer conversations. There we go. Um, and the second scenario is conversations with your colleagues because every, everybody listening who's ever been to like a conference or out to drinks with somebody for their industry knows that the best stuff that comes out when you're like, you know, a glass, if you don't drink, I you know, maybe this isn't the case for you, but when you're like an hour or two into that conversation, a couple of glasses of wine deep and one of you gets going about something going on in the industry. And you're like, Oh my God, did you see that? I'm so excited. And you're nerding out and you can't wait to talk more about about it and dig into it. And then similarly, um, you want, when somebody says, when your colleague raises a point that like, Oh, are you seeing this? Ugh, I don't know about it. And both of you are railing and just irritated and picking it apart and finding all these reasons that you disagree. Um, that is another great statement piece scenario and a rich source of content and ideas and really a, a reflection of what's important to you. And then the third scenario is conversations that you have with yourself. Um, because I found a lot of the time, my absolute best pieces were things that had been just buzzing at the back of my mind for like six months to a year. And I didn't, hadn't had a chance to sort of articulate it. I hadn't had a chance to pull it out of myself. Uh, but it was one of those things where, you know, you think about it and you're like, man, I want to see more of this. Like I'm, this excites me. I love this trend, this breakthrough. I tried this strategy. It was so awesome. I'm having this experience. And then similarly, like, man, I wish more people knew about the reality of doing X, Y, Z things in business or working with this type of client or doing this type of work. Here's what I wish someone had told me. And so those three scenarios, conversations with your clients and customers, conversations with your colleagues, um, and then conversations with yourself are just a place to sit and study your own ideas because that's where you're naturally being the most engaging because you're literally in conversation. Um, and mm. that's where those little light bulbs can go off about where those ideas are uh, that you really need to be sharing. Yeah. 
I mean, that makes all the sense in the world. They're just like points of interest. And it's yep. sort of like, it reminds me of that Dale Carnegie quote, like the best way to be interesting is to be interested. Yes. So it's like, if you're going to make content, like that kind of applies to that too, right? Like if yeah, you're interested totally. in the thing that you're writing, then it's going to translate into your writing and people are going to pick up on that. Like yep. it's, it's kind of amazing. Like the, the radar and the detection that people have when it's something that's kind of just like, you're just phoning it in or, you know, mailing yeah. it in. And it's like, wow, I can, I can kind of tell, but if you're like yeah. on fire about something, then that totally makes all of the sense. Yeah. And that's, that's the other piece of that. I'm great. I'm glad you raised that point because that's the other piece of it that the key to creating content and like showing up more in your marketing is to show up more in your marketing um, yeah. and excited to do so and build that momentum. And if you're giving yourself chores, you're not going to do it. Like if you're focusing on, but if you're focusing on sharing the stuff that's important to you, that makes you excited, that makes you mad, um, that really gives you a chance to kind of flex your skills and talk about the nuance of the way that you work and who you work with. Um, it just opens up this whole world of exciting content that's um, so impactful and memorable. And when you think about when you're Googling something and you're looking for like three steps to what it's like, okay, great. I got my content. Awesome. But when you're reading something that's more of a statement piece, piece of content, you're reading that and you're like, Oh my God, who wrote this? I'm going to hunt them down and find yeah. them. And it really creates that solid connection, that memorability. And so it works in, in those two ways. Like it makes it easier for you to show up because you don't hate what you're talking about. In fact, it's something you're passionate about that sets you on fire in one way or another. And then the other piece is that it makes, it ensures that what you're talking about is more memorable because nine times out of 10, it's off the beaten path. It's something unusual. It's running counter to conventional advice in your industry. And that's what excites people. You know, it's exciting to write and it's exciting to uh, cons uh, write and record or whatever, but it's exciting to consume. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, otherwise it's just the same thing said in a different way. And you kind of exactly. feel like you're listening to a politician answer the same question 15 different ways. Amen. And it's just, yeah. It's, yeah. And now a word from our sponsor. With ActiveCampaign, you can run marketing automations as well as send one-to-one -one emails and transactional messages, securing your communications in one place and providing a seamless experience for your customers, no matter who is sending it. And with our flexible plans, you can buy what you need to get started without having to pay for everything up front. Try it for free at ActiveCampaign.com. Hillary talked about three types of conversations to pay attention to as sources of inspiration for your statement piece. First, conversations with your customers or your clients. Yes, figure it out what it is that they like about you or what they think is different about you or the thing that sets you apart from everyone else. That's a great place to start. Second, conversations with colleagues or coworkers. When you're talking shop, what gets you fired up? What gets you excited or angry about the industry or line of work that you're in? What are some accepted ideas that you just don't agree with? What are some things that you see that, for whatever reason, nobody else sees? Finally, conversations with yourself. Now, as a guy who talks to a plant, this one makes me feel seen. When you're talking to yourself, whether out loud, hey, no judgment, or just your inner monologue, what are some things that you find yourself saying about your work, your offering, your industry, your beliefs about the work that you do? The space between your ears is a good place to start looking for content ideas. Now, last episode, we talked about the similarities and differences between positioning and branding. Seeing as though Hillary is a positioning coach and has some pretty strong insights on branding, I wanted to get her opinion on this as well. Back to the interview. 
So you, you've mentioned core differentiators a few times. Yeah. And like, I think I know what you mean by that. Um, but I would love to hear like your definition of it. So like, what, what is a mm. core differentiator to you? I mean, it's in terms of core differentiators, I would say, um, there are a few different ways to kind of come at this. And I do positioning coaching with my clients I actually did this series on, um, on Instagram called differentiation disco, uh, where it was like two really similar, um, or two really similar, like yeah, contractors with similar work and similar offers. How do we differentiate them? Because there's so much in the space. It's very crowded. Um, and it's not a bad thing that we have multiple people doing the same thing, but there are lots of ways to differentiate yourself from your competition. And there are a few ways to think about that. Um, one experience is a big one. Um, I find like, what are the experience, what is the experience that you're offering your clients through working with you? So let's mm. say you want to reposition yourself as very high end uh, and you want to work with a higher tier of business. And this is for service providers, um, that what you want to be thinking about in your positioning and in your messaging is talking about, you are a busy CEO. You need a, a strategic brain partner. I'm going to take care of everything. Like you sit back and relax and like go to the spa and I will handle all the copy because this is what I do. And I love putting together this high-end content for people. Um, it's my bread and butter and all of that. So I will bring that high-end luxury content together and you will have a luxury experience working with me. Um, and then similarly, let's say you're a copywriter for somebody who is, um, who's a little bit earlier. Um, and let's say you're also a copy coach. That language and that differentiator is the experience of working with you is I'm going to be at your elbow. I'm going to be helping you every step of the way. You're going to see how the sausage is made. You're going to be really involved. It's going to be really collaborative. Like those are two kind of different ways to think about experience. Um, the other big differentiator, of course, is always audience. That's always a good one. Um, because I work with only this specific tier of client in this specific industry doing XYZ with this type of mission. Um, and provided the market is broad enough for that niche to make sense, um, that's a really good key differentiator, absolutely. Um, and then the third one is also what you offer and how you roll it out. So this is where things like strategy come into play. Um, this is where things like these high-end, really high-level packages come into play because it's not just like, what are you doing? But it's how are you doing it? What is the process that makes it unique? Um, and also how, uh, what sort of category are you working within with this package? Um, so I find, again, the three categories are experience, uh, audiences, and offers. And also offers are a big differentiator, like a really simple differentiator is price point as well. Uh, cause you have some people who will be more affordable and some people who are very fancy and bougie and there are people out there looking for both. Um, but I I'll give you an example, um, that I played on with experience for two virtual assistants who came to me for positioning coaching. Both of them wanted to move more into tech and automation strategy roles. Uh, they wanted to be more in the driver's seat, less in the day-to-day -day of being a VA and like being a, a, a slave to the slack pings. They were both over it. Um, both of them had a really high level, both of them worked with a high level of clientele as well. Um, and so what we ended up focusing on was what the, their clientele wanted in terms of end result. So for one, we had the whole mission, the whole vision for the brand, the core differentiator was tech and automation strategy. What was it? High end, high touch, hands-free. Um, and that was for super high end people who had huge communities um, that they were trying to deliver a high touch experience for, and they were just throwing they were throwing bodies at it and it wasn't working and the tech was breaking. So she does giant builds for people in that category. Um, and the other uh, tech and automation strategist I was working with is very, has a very calm vibe, 
very peaceful, like lo- doesn't love to be on social media, loves her white space in her calendar and her clients are the same. So we created the differentiator for her as spacious systems, essentially. So it's like, come on in, work with me to do again, much the same thing the other automation strategist was doing, but totally different framing in terms of the experience and outcomes based on audience desires. So that's sort of how all that fits together. And that's the first example off the top of my head. I got more if you need them. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was quite, quite an example. Um, awesome. Well, it definitely makes a lot of, like, it makes a lot of sense and it seems like it's all kind of related together. Right. Cause it's like yep. your personality and all of these things that are very specific to you yeah. and then kind of like, how do you internalize that and then put it out into and using those marketing best practices, those, uh, those inundating templatized posts that we've kind of talked about and then get them together. So yep. I, I kind of want to talk about like, we talked about the, the about page a little bit, but yeah. I mean, there's so much like content. If you think about it in terms of just like your words, where they appear online, sure. your website, your emails, you know, all of this stuff. So how do you incorporate kind of this idea, like your core differentiators, your statement piece, your, you know, stake in the ground, like how do you, how do you bring it all together into that? Ooh, how much time you got? Ernie? Um, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> all right. As much as it takes. <laughs> so let me explain. Um, so the, so basically my bread and butter is my positioning coaching where I work with clients on doing this exact thing. Um, a lot of them are creative service providers, copywriters, designers, VAs, strategists, consultants, coaches, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they have, a lot of them have been building the plane as they've flown it, um, and have kind of been just getting, taking orders for a while. And what they're interested in is becoming bigger personal brands, becoming thought leaders, positioning themselves as higher end. Um, and there's a lot of stuff out there that you can use to piecemeal it. Um, but what I'm solving for is I will sit down with you and we will pull all of this through together. We're going to dig into the foundation and essentially rebuild the bones of the business. Um, so what I spend a lot of time with clients doing is we spend a lot of time on, first of all, figuring out what is their specialty? Like, what do they want? What do they really want to be doing? What really lights them up right now? Where do they want to be really putting their focus? Um, And then we talk about uh, the sort of uh, offers, what they'd love to sell. Uh, We talk about the framework, not just what they do so well, but how. Um, And as you, we talked about this top of the call, I don't know if the recording caught this, but I'm very process oriented. I'm very step-by-step. Um, And I encourage all my clients to be as well, because process is another differentiator I forgot to mention that kind of falls under the offers category. Um, But process is a big one. So we figure out, again, the framework, the approach, what is that really strong signature uh, framework that is really the foundation of the business? Because I find that when you know what you do so well, uh, who you want to do it for and how, um, and then you have the sort of step-by-step, that's a really rich text for content, for workshops, for keynote talks and all of that good stuff. And then of course we work on the big idea that brings that all together. So based on the specialty, the target, what you want to offer and how you want to offer it, what is sort of the big, a core sort of concept for the brand that brings it all together. And then we go through and we develop their offers based on all of these categories. And then we update the messaging on their website. Um, and then uh, if they want to work with me further, we do the visual brand and they come out here to New York to do the photo shoot. Um, and it's really fun, but I find it's more about digging into what they're so, what they're most excited about doing, where they want to be in the business. And then based on all these things we talked about. So yes, what they do for clients, but also what they do for themselves. A lot of offer design, 
we want to think about how do we set this up to be a 10K, 15K, 20K package without burning you out? How do we make sure you're not working seven days a week anymore? How do we make sure that you're getting nurtured as well in the business? And that's another piece of kind of the puzzle that weaves through everything. So it's really about figuring out what those core pillars are and then also having them practice it out in the world. Um, they have a lot of homework in power position because I want them to get a hang of the messaging, how to talk about it, because that's not something you can just deliver to somebody and have it be perfect. They need to be out there testing, playing with this content, letting their personality shine, figuring out what parts of their personality they even want people to see and what people right. respond to. Um, so that piece tends to be more like practice, 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 put this out there, get the offer we're working on in beta. Um, and that's a, also why we work to update their messaging on their site um, in, the, in the base package, because they don't need to wait for a new website to sort of start showing off this new angle, but they do need to go through the process of putting the copy together and figuring out how it snaps into the message. Because I find a lot of folks who do branding and positioning work, like they'll give you the deck, but in terms of practical application, it's like, oh, good luck. Um, right. So sort of that's sort of the context um, that I'm coming from where it's like, all right, we're going to go through all this stuff. We're going to do this foundational piece. And then you're going to, I'm going to encourage you to practice and put stuff out there and talk about it so that you can really own it and continue to evolve uh, your positioning as we go. And I really hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, it definitely did. It reminded me okay. of something. Um, I was in sales prior to, to being in marketing. And, yeah. and when I was in sales, we used to talk about having, you know, You've got the two minute pitch for the company. You've got the one minute mm -hmm. pitch. You've got the elevator, like the 30 second pitch. And then it's like, maybe you have some other variations on it. Maybe you've got different mm -hmm. service offerings. And it's like, you have to refine those all the way down to like, how would you sum it up in a sentence? Like what's yes. your offering statement, right? Yep. And so it's like that, I think it, while you were talking about it, it just reminded me of that as being like a good practical application of it, because then you have different real estate options, whether it's an email or a tweet or your yeah. about page. And it's like, is this the two minute pitch? Is this the one sentence offering statement? Like, is that kind of, am I making a, an no, no, you're absolutely, parallel? you're absolutely right. That's a fully acceptable parallel. Cause I think that what, and this is where it just all comes back around to this, this, we are often look to experts to tell us what to think. Uh, how to create content and then how to put our brand together. And then when the rubber meets the road, we have all these kind of like toys in our toy box and no yeah. idea how to apply them. And that's, and I love that you mentioned that like one sentence, two sentence paragraph, because that's how you kind of have to think about it. If you can't explain what you do quickly, what you do for who, how, and why, in like a sentence or two, you're not clear on what you're doing. Like you're not, it's, and that's, that's, such an important North star for business that a lot of people forget about because when we think about branding, when we think about growth, we're like, more is more. We're going to have the fancy offers and we'll have the, do the branding over here. And then we're going to do the, the mindset work over here. Um, and I find that it was, it was leaving a lot of folks who eventually found me with a lot of good stuff that would have worked, but it didn't interlock together because they didn't have that full grip on it, that ownership of the focus of the statement piece of the brand because they hadn't been practicing with it. You know, they had a lot of theory and not a lot of practical application. And a big part of that comes with that. And what comes with that is the practice of self-trust, that practice of building that momentum, putting your ideas out there. Like you have to integrate that into the whole process um, of positioning yourself and branding yourself too. So that's where I encourage people to come from because everyone wants me to give them the answers and do their thinking for them. But I get comfortable letting people be in the tension. Give it your best shot. Well, and it also goes back to that like preclusion of 
like who who are you like know your customer but yeah, know yourself exactly. like you can't do the work for somebody because you're not you're not them um and yeah. that's like such an integral piece of it's like the foundational layer of all of it yeah. um it actually kind of reminds me of I, I was talking to mark schaefer once and he said like what he does is he gets people in a room and he says how would you finish the sentence only we and, Ooh, and yeah, it's like that's a good well, one. if you don't have an answer to that then like you can't really go too much further because you don't even know what is your differentiator the thing that, yeah. that sets you apart yeah exactly um, and, and you were talking about, um, you've, you've said positioning and branding a few times in a few different yeah. contexts. And I've been yes. kind of exploring this relationship lately. I was actually talking to Ryan Stewart yesterday about this. Nice. And he said that I, I asked if they were kind of similar because they were kind of coming mm -hmm. about in a similar way. And he said um, his, his idea was that, you know, there's more of like the intangible subjective vibe, which would be like mm -hmm. the branding and more of the objective, specific, tangible positioning, like the words. So is that how you would view that relationship as well? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I would, yeah. I think that it's sort of like the positioning is like the pillars of the circus tent, and then the the and then the brand is the 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 big top that goes over it, you know. Mm. Um, but what I think is what I think is interesting in the spaces that you often have one without the other. And I think people rarely think to start with positioning. Everyone wants to start with the brand because that's the big shiny, shiny, um, right. which I, I relate to entirely. I'm a big shinies person, um, but <laughs> shinies, excuse me. Um, but I think that the, the core part of it for me and why I started doing positioning coaching was for exactly this reason, because positioning is actually the hard part, picking out the key differentiators, picking out the, offers the specialty, the audience, the framework, all of those kind of four pieces. And then what a good brand should do, and this is all part of my process too, is come up with a creative concept that brings that all together. That really, that brings together your personality, brings together what you do so well for who you want to do it for and how, and like bring that into a concept that you can represent in your visuals, in your messaging, in the experience of you. Um, and I think that a lot of people, again, forget to do the positioning part first or neglect to where they don't know better. Um, and they go straight to branding. And that's how you end up with like this very sexy 20 page deck that you paid $20,000 for that you're like, what do I do with this now? Um, mm. And I think that that is a, a, I think it's partly because the practice, especially in my industry, um, I think sometimes the practice of branding in an agency context is for businesses that are a little bit more established. And so they don't necessarily need to do those core pieces. But in my corner of the internet, where it's like small businesses, startups, um, creative service providers, coaches, blah, 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 um, it's much more the positioning work needs to be done a little differently and and first because a lot of these folks have just been building the plane as they've flown it as i've mentioned um and just sort of doing figuring out like what's what how are we going to make money what's actually working and piecemealing everything together so doing the positioning work before the brand helps them really take stock of everything and builds a solid foundation that is then ready for the brand. And also it gives them a foundation they can continue to evolve because they really understand it. They have a good grip on what they're doing for who, how, and why. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, as far as that building the plane goes, while, while you're building the oh, plane, yeah. while you're flying, it goes like that is a very real thing. And I mean, Chaos. It's, it's, it's very stifling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we kind of come to an end here, we've talked about a lot of stuff and I think, you know, yes. a lot of it is like things that you can apply right away, but also things that you just refine and get better at over time. Um, yeah. Is there, is there any like final piece of advice or a common mistake or pitfall that you see businesses kind of fall into that we could just leave everyone with as like kind of a, a thing that you could do right away? I would say get really good. Like a big key in all of this, especially if you want to be a personal brand 
um, be the face of your business as well as the product. I find a really key step is knowing when you're in information procrastination zone. Um, and that's when you, cause I think especially creatives, especially type A's before they make a move in their business, sort of move to the next phase or evolve, they will <laughs> spend lots of time, money, and energy looking for answers. Somebody ha surely has that they don't. Um, and they're basically waiting to like find us. So if someone has like the secret sauce or there's a strategy they need to know before they go do X, Y, Z thing, or that they need to take five courses just to make sure they have all the knowledge in their head. And I think there's something to be said for wanting to be in integrity for what you're doing um, and what you're capable of and being able to speak honestly about your skills. But I think I see a lot of business owners sliding into that information procrastination because there's always something new to learn. It's never going to be perfect. What's so essential in the practice of business and personal branding and you know positioning and all these things we've been talking about is that you show up at all. Um, and if you are stuck in your little library um, or like collecting tiny offers or podcast episodes you have to listen to before you do X, Y, Z, you're going to be there for a long time. Um, so it's really important to know when to say when and when it's time to move from collecting information into jumping into the space, doing the thing, doing it messy, sharing, you know, showing your work, being um, open about testing these ideas and stepping into this new role, because really as ever, same as it ever was, the future of your business starts when you do. Um, so putting yourself out there for knowing when that time is, and you're never going to remembering, you're never going to feel absolutely ready. Uh, but being able to cut yourself off, uh, from info overload mode, uh, and jump in is one of the most valuable practices that you can offer yourself. So I fully recommend, uh, giving that a shot to everyone listening. <laughs> The future of your business starts when you do. I can't, yeah. I, I cannot think of a better way to end this than, <laughs> than that right there. That's a mic drop moment. Um, thank Hillary, you. thank you so much for, uh, for your time, for hanging out, for talking with us. Really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. All right. Everyone wants to start with the brand because it's the big shiny thing. But to repeat Hillary's analogy, the brand is just the big tent canvas that goes over the tent poles. The poles are your positioning, your beliefs, your why, and who you are. Positioning is the hard part. It informs your branding rather than the other way around. And Hillary's last piece of advice is one that bears repeating as well. At a certain point, you just gotta go for it. There's always gonna be other articles or podcasts or videos or books that you can read to help you learn new things about your business or the different pieces of it. But your business won't start unless you do. You'll always have questions. You'll always have new things to figure out. And those resources will always be there. But at a certain point, you got to get in the game and you got to make a statement. That's our show. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you to Hillary Weiss for stopping by and chatting with us. I'm Ernie. This is Plantasia. This has been Growth Decoded. Until next time, go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.